0: hello welcome back this is the red flag podcast the podcast that discusses mental health manipulation and modern romance we have been a bit on we we have been on a bit of a hiatus (laughs) but we are back with a new algorithm instead of doing three episodes per topic we are sticking to one episode per topic we have a new system and we are super excited to bring you new episodes if you're new listening to the red flag welcome i am sophie this is Kara. Hello. And Chad. Hola. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review or share with your friends. Recently, I had the wonderful opportunity to be a guest on another Austin podcast called Julie's Infinite Playlist. Please go check her out. She does a great job discussing local music and interviewing local bands. Let's get into it. Today's topic is bipolar disorder. According to the American Psychiatry Association in 2013, bipolar disorder uh, described as previously known as manic depression is a mental disorder that causes periods of depression and periods of abnormal, ab- abnormality, um, elevated mood. The elevated mood is significant and is known as mania or hypomania. Depending on its severity or whether symptoms or psychosis are present during mania, an individual behaves or feels abnormally energetic, happy, or irritable. Individuals often make poorly, make poorly thought about decisions with little regard to the consequences. The need for sleep is usually reduced during manic phases. During periods of depression, there may be crying, a negative outlook on life, and poor eye contact with others. The risk of suicide among those with the illness is high, at a greater than 6% over 20 years. While self harm occurs in 30-40%, to other mental health issues such as anxiety disorders and substance use disorder are commonly associated. So let's talk about that. Cool, yeah,
1: um... Yeah, I think that's one um, one thing that's uh, important to talk about too is that so many of these uh, disorders can kind of interact. So it says that uh, things like anxiety disorders and substance use disorders are usually or can be commonly associated, um, and that's something you see with almost every mental health issue and disorder that is out there. It's like some kind of interplay between whatever might be diagnosed and then all these other things that might be separate or caused by it or like they might be feeding off of each other so i think that's one reason why it's very important if you do think you have some kind of mental disorder to not just uh self-diagnose and to go see a professional and really figure out what's going on with you because you know when you look things up on the internet you could have 15 different things or you could have three of them or you could just have one like yeah. You don't want to just assume.
2: Or with WebMD, you can just exactly. Be oh, dead. I have cancer. Yeah, yeah, dead. yeah. you're dying every time. In we've
0: a few all hours. been a,
1: yeah. We've all done that before. What What's are my that, symptoms? The term hypochondriac.
0: Oh.
3: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone becomes a hypochondriac on MD. <laughs> Web <laughs> WebMD, all DMD. the time. WebMD, M D. That's like, what I meant to say.
2: <laughs> I mean, because that's the main thing is that you do when it comes to bipolar. You definitely don't want to self-diagnose because um with bipolar it is proven that it is a chemical imbalance so you have to go over you have to be prescribed drugs for those manic episodes and stuff like that with regular depression not so much because it depends i mean it could be helped with therapy or other forms but when it comes to bipolar you definitely want to get a professional to diagnose you because there is something on there
0: yeah. Um, and um was that all you were gonna Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> I I actually going into this and writing the outline and everything like that, um, I saw my therapist recently and I before our session ended, I asked him, you know, we're gonna be talking about this. Is there anything you think that we shouldn't talk about or we should talk about? And one thing that he really stressed was that no matter how severe it is or how, like, even if it's just, like, very, very minor, like, um, symptoms you're having, the it's really important to have two ways of taking care of it. You would need medication and consistent therapy sessions. He said that he's seen the best results with those two things, that when it's just, like, psych- just therapy visits... It's good. When it's just medication, it's good. But when you see both, that's how you can really, really cope with it and really get through it. So I think that's also really important that you need to just find something that will help you, period. Definitely. Yeah. Not just something that's just going to be like, this is okay. It sucks. But like, at least I'm not like sad all the time. (laughs) Yeah. But but yeah, that's that. And then I also want to talk about the stigma behind it. Yeah. So... Over the years, and I'm even like at fault for this. Like, especially in high school, like I had a few friends that had older siblings that had very, very severe um, bipolar disorder to the point where they'd have psychosis and they'd have all these like episodes of like screaming and crying over the smallest little things. And I was just like super taken <laughs> back by it, and I thought that bipolar disorder was like this really, really bad thing. And that if, like, you can't trust someone with bipolar disorder. I used to think that, always. And then as I got older and learned more about it and met people, and I'm like, no, it's just, this is just a shitty situation they're having to deal with, and they're trying their best. And sometimes it's really not clear with symptoms, and sometimes people are misdiagnosed, and it sucks a lot. And I just really hope that with this, and as our generation moves forward with, like, accepting help mental health and everything like that 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 stigma goes away because i'm so tired of it and like there's been times where like i've worked with people with it and it's been i've heard people discuss it like oh they have bipolar disorder you need to watch out for them and i'm like what the
1: fuck like they're a good person like (laughs) well and it's it's hard because i do understand where that impulse comes from Uh to be careful because those like people who suffer very greatly from like the psychosis and the delusion aspect of a disease like this, there is a very real risk of them having some kind of delusion episode or just kind of going off, flying off the handle. And Mm -hmm. you do have to be very careful of when they're in that state of mind, what you say, how you act and how you deal with it. But again, that doesn't mean that like, you know, honestly, honestly, Throughout my life, I have been friends with and met a lot of people who suffer from mental illness pretty severely in most cases, and they really were some of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. And I think there's something about, you know, struggling with something like that that really teaches you a kind of compassion and understanding of other people's suffering. So I just, I guess I just want to make the point that even though you do have to be cautious and careful with people that suffer from these kinds of things, That doesn't mean that they're not wonderful people that you should still, you know, get to know that could absolutely be great people to have in your life. And I think that is like really the unfortunate consequence of the stigma is you kind of distancing yourself from people Mm -hmm. who you think might be dangerous or crazy or delusional. What's the word that I'm looking for? Like delusional. delusional. There we go. (laughs) Um, And yeah, you just... You don't want to block yourself off and, and write people off in that way before you give them a chance.
2: Most definitely. But I will say this about our generation is that we have been, it, it's getting better. I would say yeah, I our so generation too. has been opening up more. Like even me doing research today, I was, saw so many like out outcrying support videos um, for mental illness all over the board, not only bipolar, but across the board and mainly from our generation, the millennials, that we are definitely bringing, I mean, I wouldn't say it's just solely us, like Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, right, Yeah. RIP, she definitely, like, mostly started the forefront of the talking about mental health, and Mm -hmm. it's only progressed from there, so I really, like, want to give a shout out to our generation, and even the current Generations before us that are finally coming out and talking about it. It's been such an amazing like it's getting it's finally getting the notice it should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned Carrie Fisher. I think that artists and people like that, like really using their platforms to talk about that. Like, was it who was it that had the special that was make happy? the comedy special oh my gosh Uh, yeah bo burnham Mm -hmm. that is like still one of my favorite comedy specials that i've seen and it's so emotionally intense like he really took it from a point of this is all going to be funny to like no i'm just going to take this opportunity to really open up and really kind of like make people open their eyes to this side of thing and and not just laugh not just be entertained and have a good time and whatever to really make people think and that's a really cool thing when you see musicians or comedians or actors or any kind of outspoken artists or people in a position where they have that platform really using it to try to open up people's minds to the topic is one of the reasons why I think that we're making progress in that oh, in that way for sure yeah
0: definitely just more just talking about it more and more making normalizing it to the point where there's no longer a issue or stigma or any of that stuff <laughs> Definitely. Um, But is there anything else we want to talk about regarding like the stigma or anything?
2: Hmm. I mean, I feel like we covered it. I mean, basically, it's just, you know, recap of, you know, treat everyone with respect in general. And then, you know, you never know what people are going through. You never know what people are going through and, you know, take self-awareness and but also be open to thought and exchange of, you know, getting to know someone. Of course. And yeah. it's we can all come together with a little communication.
1: Yeah. For sure. I think um, I'll just say one more thing that I've, I've been really uh, kind of, I guess, not necessarily fixated, but just thinking a lot about the idea lately of how our society has this mentality of like, you have to look out for number one first and you have to like, you know, whatever else is going on, like, kind of fuck those other people. You have to worry about you. Which, again, I get in in principle or on principle, but like, you have to be careful not to let that get out of control because I think that's a lot of where this kind of this thing of writing people off comes from is Mm. you think it's your self-preservation instincts telling you like, well, they might be a good person and they might be wonderful to have in my life and they might really need help or really need friends or a support system right now, but I have to look out for me and they might be crazy. So I can't be involved with that person. Mm -hmm. And you just really have to be careful about that impulse of like putting yourself first because it is definitely important to look out for yourself. But yeah. you don't want to be like doing that uh, at other people's expense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense yep. for sure. All right, anything else before we take a break? I feel like I we're covered. Yeah. All right, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be back with part two. Stay tuned.
2: So back to talking. About-
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Hello. (laughs) All right. The second part is going to be us discussing our experiences with bipolar disorder. Um, I kind of had... I have Kara, Chad, then me, but we can do it in any order. Who wants to go
1: first? I don't care. It's up to you.
0: Eeny, meeny, miny, Kara. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, so I'll just say a couple of things. First of all, I... Like I said earlier, you should never self-diagnose. I have seen a therapist for... um, like not very long, maybe for like six months at one point in my life when I was like going through a real serious experience and she did, um, pretty much diagnose me with anxiety and depression. But I think just because I didn't really go for a diagnosis, we never really looked too deep into that. She was, I more was like, I want to deal with this experience and move on with my life. And that's what she did for me. And she was great. She helped me a lot. Um, so I was never, have never been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, that being said um i was told by someone i trust that has worked in the mental health field for a very long time that um i do have bipolar disorder and like that was a person that was around when i was like growing up and kind of observed my behavior and everything so someone whose opinion i trust and i won't say that i have bipolar disorder but i definitely have some bipolar tendencies that i have had to deal with for My entire life and I don't take medication but it's very strange how I personally have dealt with it I think because I didn't know first of all I didn't even think that it could be something like that until I was about 21 I think so for the whole rest of my life I would tell people because I thought this was normal I would tell people yeah if I'm very happy during the day or if I'm very sad I know like Later on in the day, I'm gonna be really happy because it just kind of balances itself out. And like, uh, I really legitimately thought that that was normal and that was how all people functioned. I also had um, different, just different things like my uh, band director when I was in middle school, telling us this thing about how musicians and artists feel things more strongly because, you know, the whole idea of you have to scream at the paper to make someone feel a whisper. So I grew up just kind of thinking that my very strong, overactive emotions were um, normal and that that was just how people were until somebody told me like, hey, that's not normal and you most likely have bipolar disorder. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's something that I've really just very much learned to deal with. I don't go through very mild or very um, intense experiences most of the times. I have had some pretty intense episodes before. But um, for the most part, I just deal with kind of the very quick flip-flop the um, between the ups and downs. Like Chad was saying earlier, with um, Bipolar two, I believe, you get the more rapid episodes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So that's really what I experience is just a lot of like, I wake up and I feel great and everything is awesome. And I'm going to like do so much today. And sometimes to the point where it is almost like delusional thinking because I'll think like... Everything is going to be awesome. Like I am so positive and I am so strong that like no matter what happens, I'll be able to like overcome everything and it's going to be great. And the problem with that is that like one thing happens wrong and then you go. So like one thing happens and you go, oh, I'm wrong and I'm just a person and I need to like stop thinking that I'm this awesome, wonderful person. And then when you have the type of mentality or the type of uh, mind where you're prone to these like downward spirals of thought, those kinds of thoughts of like, oh, I have to remember, I'm not this amazing, awesome person, really weirdly quickly turn from like trying to humble yourself to like beating yourself down to being like, you're an asshole like everybody else sometimes, like you did this and you did this and you did this. And it's not to say that that happens every time, but that's definitely one of the things that can flip flop it from me being like on top of the world to like thinking I'm just the worst person ever and I don't even know why anyone likes me. And so that's, to finish it out, I guess the, um, probably the most intense thing I deal with that is a little bit of like a problem in my life day to day is that I already kind of have like a fear of abandonment because I have like this whole, you know, the whole daddy issues thing and my dad was never around a lot. So I have this, like, since I was a kid, my mom told me like straight up, like, you're terrified of people leaving you. And I was like, ah. I didn't know that I didn't mean to be but that just kind of is how I am so that with like sometimes sort of delusional thinking gets me into this mindset where one thing happens like I say something to my friend and they might like maybe they're just having a bad day or maybe we have like a slight disagreement or whatever and they might snap at me and my brain automatically is like oh oh they hate you now Oh, you're gonna lose this friendship. Like, they're not gonna to wanna to stick around, things are not gonna work out, and that's pretty much how my mind operates anytime anything goes wrong. Like with my boyfriend, anytime I do something that maybe like maybe I'll say something and he'll be like, Oh, that's a little bit spiteful. Because <laughs> there are no boyfriends, there are only partners. You're right. Um
0: I whispered that to Kara, I said, There are no boyfriends. <laughs> there are only partners.
1: But, you know, like occasionally I'll have those moments where everybody's a little like spiteful and whatever. Sometimes you just get angry and you say stupid things and he'll say something like, oh, that was a little bit spiteful or this and this. And my brain is like, oh, no. Oh, no. He thinks you're a terrible person now. Like you said something spiteful and he's going to realize that like you're not just this wonderful, awesome person and he doesn't like you anymore. And you just ruined everything. And so I pretty much have to constantly day to day when I have those thoughts be like. Okay, no, that's ridiculous. Remember, this person knows you, has known you for a while. They will not most likely just up and walk out of your life because of one conversation that you have with them. Calm down. And then I have to kind of like physically and mentally talk myself back into believing that like my friends care about me and nobody's going to just like <laughs> run off and tell me to go fuck myself.
0: I so. think that I, yeah, I do the, I do a similar thing where I'm just like, this this it. Everyone hates me. And then it's like, you also have to just remind yourself that like, no one is fucking perfect. Yeah. No one definitely. is. And it's like, everyone's going to react at some point in their life out of emotions. And if you are ever going to be like, wow, I've had all these great experiences with this person and they did, they said this one fucked up thing. Fuck them. That's, yeah. You d- no, like, fuck you if you're ever going to do that to someone because you don't, you're not thinking clearly and you're not, right. you can't just end a friendship or like just... Throw someone well, out of your life because of one shitty thing they said, and see Unless the shitty like thing fucked up. Like you went, right. and just, like told a kid in his wheelchair to like, <laughs> I don't know, your mom died or so. I don't yeah, know, like something yeah. really messed yeah, up. Definitely.
1: Like, <laughs> but see, the problem is, I've also been in like lots of <laughs> romantic relationships.
0: <laughs> you- Even then, like, what I said was like didn't make any sense. Well, no,
2: because I'm just thinking, like, well, what if that kid's a minor, a super douchebag in the wheelchair? Oh, my God. Crazy scenario, anyway. Oh, man, what was I saying?
0: I'm
3: so sorry, Kara.
1: You've been in a lot of... Oh, okay, so I have... The the problem with that, too, is that I have been in a lot of relationships, romantic and, like, friend relationships, Mm. where that does happen, and I think it's just a byproduct of me being a very caring person and giving people the benefit of the doubt all the time and then, like sort of do get taken advantage of for that. But, you know, the most important thing, I think, is to just, again, be open about it and don't be afraid to talk to your friends about it because I've gotten to the habit of literally, like, when I have those delusional thoughts, like, I'll tell my partner, I'll just look at them and be like, listen, I know this sounds ridiculous, um, but you love me, right? And they're like, yeah, of course, what? Why are you asking me this? And I'm like, I just, okay. No, it's just because my brain was just telling me that you don't. And I just needed to, like, verify. And so that's usually the best way I feel like I can <clears throat> kind of get out of it. It's just, like, saying it out loud and then having somebody else verify how ridiculous it is. And I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Thank you. Good. Everything's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much my experience with my um, bipolar tendencies that I've had throughout my life.
0: Cool. And, and how do you feel like now like you obviously like these are recent conversations you've had so i know that but you right. you you're at a point in your life now where you understand the symptoms and you realize like no brain that's not okay please
1: stop saying that about me like i definitely want to say that's not a good solution for everyone some people will need to like medication and some people will need to go to therapy i think i just had a very unique experience Mm -hmm. growing up where i just learned to manage it Mm -hmm. in my own ways i did go through a very rough period when um so this is the thing that i do want to say is that i do think that people's minds are very powerful Mm -hmm. And your own thoughts are very powerful. And one thing that you have to work at, like, I I had to do this is literally changing the pathways in your brain. Because if you think, like, negative thoughts very often, those are the pathways that you're strengthening. And you have to get into the habit of stopping them in their tracks and switching to positive thinking in order to change those pathways so that your brain goes to the positive thoughts first. But I, when I first um, was told that I might have bipolar disorder, I was... Really freaked out about it. And for a good amount of time after that, like six months or so, I was pretty up and down, just nonstop, and just kind of like crying all the time and breaking down at work constantly. And it was because I would start to feel a little bit down and then freak out and like get down on myself because I was feeling down, and then have this thought of like, you're not in control of this. This is just how you are, and you can't do anything about it. And then that would just make things worse. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got to a point where one day I was like, you know what? No. Like, everyone's mind is organized differently. Everyone's mind works differently. This is the way my brain works, and I have to learn how to operate in the world like this. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that, like, anything has power over me or control over me. Like, I'm in control of my thoughts, and I have to be the one to, like, learn how to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah and i feel like that was just maybe it was just the empowerment of like not believing that my disorder had control over my life you know but again that's not a technique that will work for everyone at all yeah so that's just my personal experience of how i've dealt with it
0: well thank you for sharing of course (laughs) lovely lovely uh chad did you want to go next or you want me to read my
2: i'm down to go next
0: okay go for it bubba
2: sweet so i'm started off um I'm going to talk about the experience I had with a a girl who's, we're still friends to this day, but, uh, we dated, and she, uh, was diagnosed bipolar when she was younger, and, basically, when we started dating, it was, cause I, just give you a background on me, I, I, have severe depression, and, same as Kara, like, I don't want to say I'm truly bipolar, it's self-diagnosis, but, uh, different scenarios that played out um but do have major depression so I kind of understand and where uh, the girl I was dating came from I don't want to give a name out and so we'll call her Shanene. and
1: wow great choice
2: right totally and so uh, she basically um it started off it was masked was mass for me you know she didn't want to show that side of her and so it was basically happy go lucky positive girl um and so we started off slow and everything just talking hanging out you know watching shows going to shows doing music together and started off good and then once i started noticing various symptoms of myself And her that she would pull away certain topics or would kind of close off on certain situations and at first it was like I didn't know how to expect it but then we just had one solid night we were both a little tipsy and then she just broke down started crying to me and started going through you know her she was diagnosed bipolar and she went off on her childhood and how she was raised and terribleness of what she had to go through and it was mostly just coming to a realization i was like oh oh shit and the me if i i've done that before and i've had people turn their back on me I've broke down, gone through my depression just needing someone to talk to, and people have turned their back or just walked away or said, oh, I don't want to talk about this with you. People you trusted, people that you cared about, and they just reject you and throw you away, and they're like, oh, I don't have time for you right now, which terrible way to approach it, but I understand like, if you truly don't want to talk about it, there's better ways to state that instead of saying, you know, oh, you're not important, so I'm going to go do something else. And so that's really a letdown, and I did not want to be that stereotype or stigma to this lovely human, so I decided to be like, okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, basically I sat down and started just discussing with her the emotions and everything she's going through and we even got on the topic of her medication talked about her lithium and how she also had to do lithium with the psychoactive um i believe it's raytrion or something like that of that nature but um and how she's been on it for so long and then like that and just basically going over piece by piece of her entire um upbringing history with that and then so we'd have great conversation and then I wouldn't hear from her for two weeks and I'd be checking up on her but personally I didn't want to be come off as like you know um what's the word I'm looking for like nagging or anything like that Mm -hmm. I suppose so I would just approach it as hey like every two days or every three days I'd just say hey hey checking up on you, making sure you're good, let me know what's up, and, or, you know, just shoot me a text saying you're good, whatever, just, you know, because I cared for this human, and then it got to a point to where two weeks, three weeks, and then she finally hit me up, and it's like, please come over, and then I go over to her house, and she's sitting there with a razor, Close to her wrist. And it's like, I need you to talk to me right now, please. And I was like, I got you. Let's sit down. Let's do it. Can I have the razor though? Can I? Just just slide it over to me. And she gave it to me. And then we just talked it out. It's like those moments that we don't really... But she explained to me that I was the only person that was constantly hitting her up. And she even... Before me hitting her up she even tried to talk to other friends other people her best friend of like 10 years and they blew her off so really having me there i'm not going to say i did anything heroic but i just listened to her and communicated with her and i was there for her and you don't really know what someone's going through in that scenario or thinking because i've i've been there myself and it fucking sucks when you feel like some most people that have depression, most artists or anything like that, um, they don't want to be a burden on other people.
1: Yeah, definitely. They
2: want to be a positive light for other people while keeping it all in for themselves. And it's like their battle, so they don't want to burden other people. I mean, look at Robin Williams, prime example. Yeah. So it's mostly like just showing them that you care that you even if you don't end up together and then you don't look at it you look at it you want to look at it with no expectations of anything just be an ear be a hand be open it doesn't have to be a significant other it could be your best friend it could be a random stranger how many people i that have come up to me from my slam poetry shows saying like how much my depression poems spoke to them and then we would just be like all right well look you want to talk about it i mean and they opened their hearts up to me and so like coming from that aspect you know sometimes someone just needs to vent and it helps not making them feel like they're crazy or they're insane that stigma that we were talking about earlier just being an open an open ear and if you feel like if you feel like you don't want to waste your time with that or, you know, there's other ways to approach it. I'm not going to say I know the best ones, but someone would be like, hey, man, I honestly like I, this is a really deep conversation and I would love to talk about it with you. I'm not in the right mental state right now to comprehend what you're going through, but I would love to catch up with you. Like, can we do this tomorrow over coffee or something or I definitely I am here for you. But at this point moment in time i'm not in the mental state to handle um this type of conversation no disrespect or anything like that like there's other ways to approach it without breaking the hearts of those that are coming to you for help and so i feel like if we learn better communication techniques and other ways to approach it we can help people struggling like say don't just blow them off but be there for them you don't necessarily have to talk about anything at that moment in time and you know, I did have to do that with this girl. And then when I would come to her, my problems, she would do the same to me. But then we would always end up meeting up and talking about it. And it really helped out. And she, she's dating another dude right now. And they're, she's happy. And she still hits me up from time to time. And, you know, just to talk, shoot the shit or whatever. So, I mean, I'm not going to say I saved her life by any means. But I was there to lend a helping hand when she was at her most desperate. So... I mean sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. And I was not expecting to get that heavy but <laughs> hey. And but I mean that's the thing like it's just it's one love. We're all humans, we're all in this race together. Um and since that's simple really. And the going on the stigma that bipolar faces today. I saw a great video by Hannah Hart um on YouTube,
0: I love her. She is one of my idols. I love her. The Drunk I have Kitchen. A, I used to watch her when she first started, like when she first had her grilled cheese <laughs> video, like whatever. Can't remember a year where that was. I went and visited or went and saw her when she came to Austin. And I brought her my ukulele because she plays ukulele mm-hmm. and also speaks Japanese. Nice. That's me. Um. <laughs> and I brought her my yellow ukulele. And I was like, will you please sign this? And she was so excited. She drew a banana
1: on it. Nice. And I still
0: have the ukulele. Oh, my
1: God. Side note. But, like, you guys know Coco, the gorilla, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so me and Tyson were watching videos of her earlier. And is it her? Yeah, it she does like sign thought. language and everything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so she was talking to the woman who like taught taught her sign language and mm-hmm. basically she threw her food on the ground and she's like, "I'm done." And the lady's <laughs> like, "You're not done. Pick that up." And she's like, "No, gorilla done." And she's <laughs> like getting up on the counter and the the girl is basically like, "Hey, see this banana? Like, look, if you you can have this banana after you help me pick the stuff up that you like threw all over the floor." And go goes like looks at her and looks at the banana and she goes, "Fake." And the lady's like, No, it's a real banana. It's not a fake banana. And I was just like, Oh my god, that's such a like uh, That's so cute. She's amazing. When we were watching videos earlier and it was like she's literally like a small child. Yeah. <laughs> you can have this candy. That's not real candy. <laughs>
2: oh my god. Yeah, but the, the,
1: god. Sorry, that was no, very unrelated.
2: I love it though. No. But the, the 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 Hannah video, she it was amazing because it was silent Mm. and all it had was text going on it was like individual thoughts of her brain and she was like um my depression in two Mm -hmm. minutes that Mm -hmm. was like i think the title of the video but basically it walked to her it's like i want to get up but it just showed her face and like her thinking about the day looking depressed and then it would do close-ups of her hands and i need to do the dishes i need to take out the trash i want to get up i want to do all these things But my depression is telling me no. And like she went through all this stuff and it was no words. It was just like a light, subtle music. And it was like really powerful. Yeah. And most YouTube videos that come with a lot of flack. But I looked at all the comments on hers and it was just outreaching support and love and beauty. And like, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Finally, like a video that's not getting any real hate on there because i didn't see one negative comment on that i scrolled through and i was like this is awesome
1: and i think on on that note and on the note of you like earlier you said people who are artists especially have a tendency to think they need to keep it in and be strong for other people as important as you might think that is i think that there's a real strength in being able to admit that you have something going on and being able to like break down in front of somebody and talk about it or do something like that and broadcast you know you're like life and your depression symptoms on the internet because you know people will connect with it. I just I don't want I, I don't think people should see that as weak. I think there's too much of that in our culture of thinking that opening up about emotions and telling people that you need help is weak and it's not it's True. definitely strength. It's not weak at all.
2: I didn't open up until I started writing and performing yeah. slam poetry. And then after I found that and then started talking with people now I'm like an open book when it comes to that stuff. So I definitely wholeheartedly yeah. agree. Like it's, it's weaker. I don't know. I don't want to say that either. No, cause that's negative, but it is more exactly what you said. More strength to, to showcase it and open yeah. it than it takes to hold it in.
1: Yeah. And you never ultimately holding it in does not help. Like in my personal experience, at least time I've ever done that. I just end up blowing up and freaking out and losing my shit one day, and then inevitably somebody is like, "Hey, calm down, it's all right. Like we're here for you. You can talk to me." And I'm just yeah. like, "I'm stupid. I could have talked to you about this all along. I don't know what I was doing." Like, yeah, true story. Yeah, I feel it. All right,
2: are we are we all good? You want
0: me thank to thank you go for ahead and- sharing, Chad? Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Chad. of
2: course. Um, yeah, I feel like we're good.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So this. I am reading an interview I had with a young man um, that I know. He's actually a, a fan of the Red Flag. He's very supportive of the show. Um, he's a really sweet kid. And I actually, this was over um, instant messenger. This isn't like a phone call or a recording. Um, so I'm going to be reading off of what he said. This is not a direct, I mean, it's technically like a direct rip from the conversation that we had. You, um, but it's to, also
2: sorry. Uh, do you want me to read Ben's part, oh, and you get be the don't interviewer? Don't say
1: his name. Fuck. We can cut it out. I'm so sorry. Can you write down? Uh, <laughs> let's see what time we're at right now. Is that like 37 minutes?
3: Yeah.
2: I'm so sorry. Uh, it's
1: okay. Yeah, just write that down. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, Chad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Um, so... No, it's okay. I'll read it because okay. uh, there's only like a few parts that are actually me saying anything. Um, gotcha. Majority of this conversation is going to be the gentleman that I interviewed talking. Um, and most of it, the, the in in between was like me asking questions, um, but I just kind of cut those out because it, it still flows together. Can um, we just,
1: for the sake of continuity, call him Scuba Steve?
0: Yeah, Scuba <laughs> Steve. Cool um and then (laughs) anyway (laughs) um yes
1: i think that's obscure enough yeah (laughs) absolutely scuba
0: steve um but also i just want to note that a lot of this most of it's directly what he said but like the important parts are directly what he said but there are some like verbiage that i changed um grammar stuff i changed things that i just kind of shortened a little bit um use different verbiage here and there Um, but all of it is exactly what happened and what he was trying to get his point across too and i've also spoken to him i asked him and he said he doesn't care like what's like he said i'm an open book like whatever you use it's totally fine yeah um so anyway here we go so scooby steve (laughs) i got diagnosed with depression when i was 14 but around 16 i was re-diagnosed with bipolar slash depression when my psychiatrist diagnosed my mom as well. At first, I didn't know what to think. I was 14 and didn't quite understand everything going through my head. All I knew was that my mom felt the same, and all her random meltdowns in the past made sense to me. I remember seeing her absolutely destroyed because we ran out of napkins, and I thought it was so weird, but when I was diagnosed, it started to sink in. It was hard for me to see this when my mom was in her late 30s, and I started to realize that I would probably struggle for the rest of my life. After I was diagnosed, my psychiatrist didn't really do much for me as far as support. We'd go sit in his office for 10 minutes tops and leave. He just prescribed me medication. My mom was my only real support. Other than her, I really didn't have many people who actually understood. I had friends who tried, but it's impossible to describe to someone how you're feeling, especially when you're feeling it right then. And then I asked, How does it affect you on the day to day? He said, or Scooby Steve said, I was at three to five pills a day for everything for years. Damn. Then I moved to Austin and my prescriptions were running out. I couldn't afford medication or doctor visits, so I knew I only had one option. I had to go without them. I was absolutely terrified, and going cold turkey wasn't an option, so I started to slowly wean myself off of them. As I got down to my last few pil- pills, I started running three to four hours a day, and it helped me immensely. I don't really work out like that anymore, but I have been off of them for over a year now, and I'm not dead. I still I, sh- I should still be on meds because I struggle a lot, but I can't afford it. On day-to-day, motivation is almost non-existent, and I have suicidal thoughts more than I'm going to admit. In terms of a relationship, me and my ex would get into fights, and it would make me spiral into a week-long depression, which would make us fight more, turning into a toxic, endless cycle. Mania side of my bipolar ended up becoming an insomnia and I lost nearly six months worth of sleep within a little over two years. I'm doing better now and I'm with someone that makes me really happy. And then I said, what advice would you give to anyone struggling with bipolar and depression? Scooby Steve said, I can't keep a straight face when I say that name. (laughs) Scooby Steve said, find help. If you can't get medical help, then you have to figure out what will help. When you're feeling good try to start habits like working out something that gets you out find at least one person that will understand and set up a support system with them um and then also i just wanted to add on there that i totally forgot to add in there somehow um he did also talk about how it affected him he's a musician and it made him almost he got to the point where he almost gave up music um but yeah he's he's doing a lot better now um but i just wanted to say thank you to scooby steve um letting me interview him and pick his brain yeah uh, that was awesome. a huge help yeah thank you scuba
1: um i wanted to touch on something that uh he talked about the part where he said that uh he lost about six months of sleep so yeah i think that's one aspect of a, a disorder like this that can become very difficult is first of all one thing a symptom that's common is you have like the delusions and then sometimes like they'll call them delusions of grandeur where you believe that like Like, for instance, I don't need sleep. I don't need to sleep. I can run on two hours of sleep a night. I can do this. And then, of course, the less sleep you get, the worse those delusions become to where you, you know, and this has happened to me in my life where I've gotten to the point where I go a whole week and a half getting like maybe an hour, two hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. because I do not sleep well. My therapist that I saw for a little while, um, basically told me that i think i may be getting this backwards because i have a tendency to i call like do this like idea dyslexia thing where i flip concepts Mm -hmm. but um i believe she said uh depression wakes you up anxiety keeps you from falling asleep so i have dealt with that a lot like i my whole life since i was a kid i take Sometimes three to five hours to fall asleep. Sometimes I'll literally lay there the whole night and I just cannot fall asleep. And I'll close my eyes and I'll take deep breaths and I'll try to like do little mind things to like put myself to sleep and sometimes nothing will work. And so that's something that I have really struggled with personally. Ah, and I think it's, um, very common, but I just did a, sorry, my password, just did a quick, a quick Google search and yeah, um, it is So bipolar disorder affects sleep in a lot of ways, one of them being insomnia, another one being hypersomnia, yeah. which is when you sleep too much, and that can almost be worse because when you get, like, you destroy your circadian rhythms when you get to sleep too much.
0: Is there a source on there? I just like to put the it's, source on uh, it. It's
1: WebMD. Okay. Uh, and so then the next one is uh, from Bipolar Lives, which I guess is a, it, this is just like the top Google results, but they were actually really yep. good. So this next one is an article on a website called Bipolar Lives. And the quote just says, uh, during manic episodes, it's common to feel a decreased need for sleep or suffer from insomnia. But bipolar disorder and insomnia and the associated sleep loss isn't just a symptom of mania. The reduced sleep can also trigger manic episodes and is a good predictor of the onset of mania. So you can feel the decreased need for sleep or actually have insomnia, which are two different things, very different. And Mm -hmm. then... Um, like the thing said, it's not just a symptom, it's also a trigger and can be a good predictor of when you might be having an onset onset of a manic episode. So I just wanted to point out that if you're starting to feel that thing of like, I don't need to sleep, I can do this, I can do this, that may be one of the signs that you could look for to think like, okay, maybe I need to look at this and really think about what I'm doing and maybe I just need to try to make myself go to sleep and figure something out here. But, yeah, that was something in there that, like, really grabbed my attention because I've dealt with that a lot as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. I even tried doing, like, the natural remedies like melatonin. Yeah. And like, I tried everything. Which, and still... okay,
1: I actually um, listened to a podcast, and I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. and he has medical professionals on his podcast pretty often. And the guy um, said that it's been shown now that, Melatonin doesn't actually uh,
2: doesn't do shit help you fall asleep.
1: It might help you stay asleep better. I think what it does is it releases. um, Oh, what's that?
2: I I know it. Yeah, (sighs) it releases the chemical thing that is supposed to make you.
1: okay, yeah, because melatonin, I guess, is the chemical that's supposed to help make you sleepy. Yeah, and so it's kind of like a an attempt to restructure your like chemical sleeping patterns basically but it's not going to help you fall asleep in the moment yeah like basically what he was saying
2: even the like whenever i would look it up before i started taking it at the time um it would say like you need to actually make yourself prepared you have to prepare to go to sleep before you even take it right like you have to be right there ready to go to bed before you even take it because it exactly what it is it's to help push the effort to go to sleep but it will not actually make you fall asleep yeah and even then i would do that and it still would not do Didn't, shit yeah. for me so i, was I like, feel
1: like i do i if i can fall asleep if i take a melatonin i do sleep through the night a little bit better yeah but it ultimately doesn't help me fall asleep my mom takes ambien because she has like legitimate insomnia and she gets ambien prescribed and Like, you know, not to say that that's a great thing to get into the habit of taking. She doesn't take it often. It's only when it's really, really bad. But like, if you are in a situation where you can't sleep and you have to like get some sleep or you have something you need to do the next day and you can't fall asleep, there are things like that, that even though it's not something you want to do regularly, it's not something you want to rely on. It's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing to need something like that. Like, there are times in your life when you're going to be like, I haven't slept in four days. I have to go take this final tomorrow. If I don't get some sleep tonight, I'm going to fail my class. Like, I don't know what to do. And it's it doesn't make you weak or less able to deal with your disorder or anything like that to use things like that to your advantage when you really need it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, if you are on medication for a mental disorder, you really should not drink much. I just wanted to make that point because... I know you guys know who I'm talking about, but we all had a friend who none of us really know what's going on with her anymore, but she was diagnosed with bipolar 1, I think. I can't remember exactly, but she was diagnosed. She was on medication for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And when I first met her, you know, there was many, many times when I was around her and I was like, she's a wonderful person. She's really cool. I love hanging out with her. And we kind of all saw the progression of her being like a fairly decent awesome person that we all wanted to be friends with to her drinking and having these crazy outbursts and like being very destructive in the lives of all the people around her and ultimately kind of culminating in this episode that has put her in a really bad spot in life and it was it's first of all of course it's terrible for her and it's not something I would wish on anybody but it's and it's also horrible for your friends to have to watch something like that. Yeah. And for this specific person none of us were that particularly close to her and the episode that she ended up like the way everything ended up it was pretty much like we can't even associate with her anymore and yeah. not necessarily because she's just a terrible person but it was just that she really was that destructive in everyone's yeah. life around us and The main reason that that happened is that she would drink and she would do other drugs. And she was on daily medication for bipolar disorder. But if you don't know this, if you take psychiatric medication and you're drinking, alcohol can basically cancel out your medication. So be very careful if you're on medication and you're going to drink. It's just definitely use moderation. Use your judgment. Know your limits. Have friends around that will tell you when you need to stop and listen to them. Because, like, that's not something that I ever want to watch anybody go through again, for sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a short break, and we will be back with the final part of the episode. Music. Okay. And we're back. It's time for the... Chad, say hello. Hello. (laughs) It's time for the final segment. We will be talking about ways to get help, get support, and then we will leave you with a song from a local artist. Hmm. Um, so we are going to talk about ways to get help.
1: Mm. So what are ways to get help? Well, again, I think we've said this several times throughout the podcast, but just being open about it with your friends and finding people that you can rely on, like Chad was saying with his friend that, you know, finding people that you can open up to about it and just tell them like, Hey, like, I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't want this to like interfere with your life, but sometimes I just need help Yeah, and just have somebody that when something happens, you can call them and yeah. Talk to them. Be open about it. Don't and, be afraid.
0: And we really, really strongly urge for you to understand that you can be open with people, and there is there's is always going to be someone out there that can talk to you about it and can help you. But if you can't, what are some ways that for people that maybe don't have the strength or the capability of being able to talk about it, what do you think they should do?
1: Um, you know, there's well. Okay, so I guess like. So there's this thing called a dog. Yeah. There's, there's dogs. Um, um I was once told that you shouldn't get a dog for like I don't know, I can't remember who said this. They're like you shouldn't get a dog for emotional stability. Like that's a life and that's a thing and you no, can't no, just no, like no, no. and I was don't, just like don't no. buy a dog,
0: but go go to an
1: animal shelter and like rescue a dog. Yeah. Well, just go or say hi to a, a dog. dog. Yeah, that's or true. Co- just play with an animal yeah
0: if you if you feel like you can't talk to someone about like like animals or like talk about some what am i saying if you feel like you can't talk to someone about like your mental health start with animals because
1: they don't care whatsoever but don't necessarily go adopt an animal because you might not be ready for that and that is a life
0: yeah um you know call up a friend that has a
1: dog just go play with them be yeah like, hey, can my we friends go with- have great dogs
0: exactly like luke yes. yesterday was his birthday oh my god happy birthday luke. he
1: gestured with his head the other day for me to come with him he was standing in front of me and he did that like motion with his head like come here and i just looked at him and i was like are you telling me to go with you and he started walking toward the couch and then looked back at me and did it again and i got up and we like walked over and then he just sat down and like laid on me and i was like oh my god he's awesome Luke is so cute. He's such a good pup. Um, But yeah, play with an animal. That mm -hmm. definitely helps me. I think um, just little stuff too. Like there's always the the tactile um, strategy where you kind of just stop and like, okay, this is what I'm touching. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm smelling. That too. I really like to do that, especially if I'm... Maybe somewhere where I can walk outside and, like, I can just go stand outside and, like, take a few deep breaths of fresh air. Like, Mm kind of listen to the trees, listen to the wind, listen to nature, feel everything around me and just, like, stop, take a breath for a second. That helps me a lot. Go for a walk. Um, Also,
0: you know, put on a song that, you know, will help. Um, Also, back I just wanted to say one more thing about the dog thing. Um, If you don't know someone that has a dog, if you don't have a place that you can go see a dog... Go check out your local library. They usually have like once a month thing where you can go in and read a book to a dog. Oh, and that's cute. one way you can definitely see a dog and connect to them. Um,
1: And then also, yeah, go take a walk. Um, oh, yeah. My uh, my partner did <laughs> the one day I was like <laughs> real, real down when I woke up and just kind of was like talking about it with him. And just basically like he just stopped like I kind of stopped, you know, got to a stopping point in the conversation. He just like got very reflective and he was like come on. Let's go for a walk. And I was like, "Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Am I a dog? But <laughs> with your It needs. worked. It worked very well. Also, um I think I was I kind of mentioned this earlier a little bit, but some I guess you could call it like a verification of reality, like mm-hmm. when you're in a moment where you're starting to really freak yourself out or have it get sucked into those thoughts, um it can really really help me personally to just talk to somebody i trust and tell them like hey this is the thought i'm having what do you think of that and kind of yeah. just have them be like that's not true this is what the truth is this is what reality is around you like yeah just you know don't get sucked into that
0: and also like if you're having like dark thoughts or something like that um don't make like the things that you can use to self-harm or hurt yourself in any way like necessarily accessible um like this is kind of really personal but like One thing for me is back when I was younger, um, I would self harm. And one thing that I used was razor blades and um, like needles and stuff like that. And I recently had gone through a really bad um, like spiral of depression and everything like that. And I was having a really hard time because I have, you know, my razor that I use to shave my legs on the top has like just one single razor blade used for like detailing it's a men's razor to detail your beard yeah but there was one thing that i kept talking to my therapist i said i can't i keep on having these thoughts and i keep on being like in the back of my mind you know there's that razor blade i could use that like yeah and he was like well then use a different razor like get rid of it like stop making it an accessible thing and i think that is something really important as well to think about like if you have something like that get rid of it Like you don't need that. You don't need that haunting thought in the back of your head. It's not good to have.
1: I kind of had to do the same thing because I I used to use like safety pins Mm -hmm. and I would just have so many safety pins all the time Mm because I was like, I just, it just, it literally made me feel a sense of security to like just have a safety pin in my pocket and like know that I had it. And I had to just pretty much like, it sounds really weird, but just like not buy any safety pins for a while. Like, I just can't have those around because I, I do, I have that thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, it's there. I could use it if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't want to make it easier for yourself to have those thoughts. Definitely.
0: Exactly. And, um, and then as far as support groups go, um, you know, find people that you can talk to about this stuff. And, um, if you can't afford a therapist, they can get kind of expensive, um, you There's know.
1: lots of great places that will have support groups, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not particularly religious, so I'm not sure that I would go for this. But churches mm-hmm. often have very good and I'm assuming free um, group programs. And mm-hmm. then, you know, even if it just like find just a random one, whatever it is, like, even if it may not be specific to the issue that you have, mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a support group for depression and your bipolar or it's a support group for people who have PTSD and just even if you can't find one that's exactly dealing with what you're dealing with just going and being around people who are willing to really like peel back and open up and talk about some really dark deep shit. Yeah. Just being around people who are willing to give you because I think there's a certain amount of um Of like trust whenever you share something with Mm -hmm. someone like that and when they open up about themselves to you it somehow tells you instinctively that they trusted you with that so Mm -hmm. you can trust them so i think that's why it's it's just sharing just being around people who are sharing sometimes can help
0: it's yeah it's similar to almost identical to like group therapy right it's yeah Yeah. just do a quick google search i'm sure there's there's something out there um And and is there anything else, Chad? Did you want to add anything?
2: I mean, basically y'all covered it all. Like for me, Mm -hmm. my main support system are my friends and the talking to them. Like I have really to me my the most amazing people in my life that I can talk to and share stuff with and I know not to and I think like that, like, I never want to be a burden on anyone. So there's, like, some people who I will go and I'll talk to about some certain things or other people I'll go to and talk about certain things and then that have been through similar experiences mm-hmm. so they will understand where I'm coming from. That way I'm not bringing anything really new on someone where they don't know how to handle it or they'll be, like, weirded out by it. So I, for me, it's just, it's, for me, it's easier to make um, friends of all backgrounds, and but I know that's not the case for everyone. And I will say, when it comes to like pets and stuff, like think about it a lot. Definitely go play with other people's pets, and then when you feel like you're out of place, like me, I'm a dog person. But also, there has been scientific studies um, done that cats can reduce stress a lot just because of the different thermones that they release and (laughs) cats are also easily more to take care of than a a yeah pup, a pupper's
1: more easy to take care of yes more easy
0: i just mm-hmm. think i just i started laughing because i started thinking about that video of that guy where he's like whatever i've had a long stressful day i like to come home and pet my dog and he like starts <laughs> petting his little chihuahua and it's like biting him and like <laughs> yes!
3: oh my god oh
2: my god
1: <laughs> that video is that awesome. video was the best and um, then he just keeps petting yeah, it <laughs> oh okay another random side note yeah um you so, John Mayer, I was mm-hmm. about to say, you guys know John Mayer, right? And <gasps> that I was like, oh, man, What's wrong with me? Yes, he that put new out video? a new, a new oh music my God. video and like, it's So, I'll have to it's show a- it to you later. Amazing. It's amazing. But it's like the most just terrible quality b-roll like green screens like some dude just like filmed his audition and it starts out and it's it says um John Mayor like the mayor like John Mayor and he opens up and it's him standing in front of this like green screen shot with like whatever background behind him and he's like hi I'm John Mayer, and I'm ready to be a star. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole video is just tipped, like cheesy dancing, and, like very weird. It's so funny. They
2: go on the idea, like the budget that he, the record label couldn't afford to do the music video. Yeah. So yeah. he went to a bar mitzvah video company, a wedding a bar <laughs> mitzvah video company, to make the music video for him. It's
0: oh, really my funny. God.
1: And it is
2: so great. And I- so
1: after watching that, you guys know that show Hot Ones that's on YouTube? Yes. No. Where they So they have. Have, like varying degrees of hot sauce they start at the oh, lowest one and yes! then they go yeah i'm so, okay have you watched the one with post malone oh God, no yes. i want to it's though so john cool. mayer was on an episode and he just cracked me up because first of all he deals with it very well mm-hmm. he's very humble and like personable he's and, like very chill super cool guy but like every time he would he gets to the really really hot ones and he starts to like early feel it mm-hmm. it's so funny because he'll like take a bite and he goes hmm i see okay all right i understand like everyone (laughs) he's just like i get it okay okay i'm here like i respect you (laughs) it's so funny
2: all right we we still have time but i will say like old school john mayer like oh yes like old school the um have you seen john mayer tv that he would do there's like no early 2000s like john mayer (laughs) just got big and before his shows he had john mayer tv and this is why I, I've always loved John Mayer. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> he would dress up in a bear suit, go to the parking lot of his shows where people are waiting, and Jen just talk major shit about himself. He's like, "Oh, y'all here to see that douche John Mayer play his songs? Oh yeah, I bet you, his oh body is a wonderland." Oh and he would just god. go. Oh to, my god! And I was like, "It was that was the most." awesome and like greatest thing ever cracks me up as a person no one would ever know it was him until that episode of john mary tv would come out dude (laughs) okay good
1: so (laughs) back on the topic of support groups and stuff um Um, just find people that have gone through similar situations i did want to say one more thing Mm -hmm. um and i just thought of this but There are also, like, this might be a weird option for some people, but there are actually, like, some very helpful mental health groups on social media, like, on Facebook and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, true. And I, like, specifically think of this group I was a part of because I've been a big fan of the band Blue October for a long time, and they deal with a lot of mental health issues in their music, so the whole kind of like community of their fans is very tight-knit about that and like literally people like i'll add people on facebook when they send me a friend request just because they have that they're like a fan of blue october or something and it's just a very like i've had people that are just fans like send me messages and like hey i saw that you posted this and you're like seem like you're going through something do you need to talk about it like And they have groups where it's like the Blue October family groups and it's like mental health support groups and where you can go and you can ask questions about how people deal with stuff. And
2: that's really amazing. So
1: It's it's awesome. And there's lots of stuff like that out there. So if you are feeling like you're too anxious to like talk to a real person in person about this, that not that people on the Internet aren't real, but like face to face, you know what I mean? And there's there's just a lot on facebook and stuff like that that you could look into and try that because if you have trouble with face-to-face interactions you know online is much easier to open up about that kind of thing so that could be a really good place to start for some people as well Mm -hmm. oh most definitely for sure all right
0: Is that are we good i believe that concludes this
1: episode of the red
0: flags all right. If you or someone you know struggles with bipolar disorder, visit dbsa or dbsalliance dot
1: org. Um, and that, of cu- that typo messed me up. It's like D-B-Sally Ace. Oh my god! I like could not figure out. What <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. And
0: of course, as always, if you are su- suicidal or know someone that it is, called the suicide prevention hotline. 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. 273 is always someone that can help. From all of us at the Red Flag Podcast, thank you for listening. And we leave you with this lovely
1: song.
2: Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, oh, yeah. uh, email us at redflag.com. The red flag podcast at gmail.com.
1: And then Twitter and Instagram is the red flag pod.
2: The red flag pod.
1: And then Facebook. Just the red flag Flag pod. I think that's also our at on Facebook is the red flag pod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So most of them are pod, not podcast. Like a bean pod. Pod. We're
2: we're all just living life in a pod. (laughs) Alright, guys. Oh,
1: it's the matrix. (laughs) Thank y'all for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.